If living in the 80s taught me anything, if it's bad, it must be Satan. Everything is Satan. I'm just going to go ahead and start my recording now, and whenever you're ready, you just tell me to clap. Go ahead and clap. All right. Three, two, one, clap. Okay. Okay. We got a clap. All right. Yeah. Hopefully we got this all right. We'll get it all synced up somehow. I'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll be in two audio files, which will be easier for you to Yeah, edit. it'll be able well, it also, we're not in the same room this time. That's what made it a big problem last time. Right. It's because mm -hmm. we were in the same room, so we were getting bleed through, which caused echoes on the recording. Right. But we're a year older. Yeah. And, and a we're, year a whole, we're a wiser? whole one and a half year old podcast almost. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, Been man. a long time. So. <laughs> what? There's too much shit in this room. So, hi everybody, welcome to, we're back to Satanic Sundays. Uh, we're doing things a little differently this time because we're uh, one man down in the studio, Josh, or not Josh, Yeah, Josh guy. isn't here today. Josh, Josh isn't, isn't here today, and Ruben is a ghost. Yes. So uh, It does feel like you're a ghost today, Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am, because I'm dead inside. Aw. <laughs> But we love you, and the audience loves you. I'm glad for that. Can the audience give me a job? <laughs> hey, I, I'll talk to you later about your job. Okay, is this a good thing or a bad news? I mean, I I don't know. You tell me. It's weird to not have you in the room, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell your energy is is off a little bit. <laughs> well, it's because Just, I woke him up knocking on the door. Yeah, I literally oh, rolled out of bed to knock on the door. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm actually going to lower this recording level down a little bit just because I'm spiking. Okay. Um, just text me. Oh, we're back to pegging the If it's bad news, I would rather yeah. have it now. Oh, no, it's not bad news. Okay. I think he was saying it could be bad news if it's you consider where you're working. I'm confused well, now. <laughs> it's good news. Just well, I hope the good news is that Joy has received my whatever the fuck next step and can give me. Oh no! So you you've already date. sent all that? Okay, that's good. Yeah, I haven't gotten uh, a she response had you, back. She literally had you penciled in on the schedule at one point, but she had to change it because yeah, uh, it got delayed because of the nonsense. Yeah, I hope she can pencil me in again because i've sent all the stuff she in, will and i've got she will as tomorrow. soon as it's official yeah i'm gonna take tomorrow hopefully she'll call me because i'm technically on the schedule for the rest of january at, at work but whatever it doesn't matter well we should probably Fuck talk em. about podcast stuff 
at this Probably. Point. <laughs> we we needed to update on that real quick anyway. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't hung out. So, anyways, <laughs> so um, we're doing things a little differently. <laughs> we miss you too. I know it, it doesn't. We smell work right different hours now. It's it's really rough. It's actually super weird. Uh, so um, we're down a man in the studio. Ruben is visiting family for the holidays because um, they don't do things normally like everybody else. And Ruben told them all to fuck off and went into another room and recorded his <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I did kind of just tell them that I had to record like 25 minutes before we were supposed to start. <laughs> <laughs> But and also, unfortunately, Brandon did not return for the Giles Corey story. Literally, literally, I wrote. I know. I wrote his name into the script. Yeah, but he's dealing with a migraine today, or an excuse. I can't decide which. It is his last day of Christmas vacation, or winter break. Uh, Sorry. Fuck it. Get him in the Discord call. <laughs> he's asleep. <laughs> he doesn't have care. a mic. <laughs> he doesn't have a mic. No, I don't care. There's Actually, he does have house. a mic. He does have a mic because he's using one of the old ones to record his music. But still, um, I'm not dealing with it trying to get it. And I don't even know what his damn Discord user is. So You probably okay. don't want to know. Probably not. Actually, it's probably hydro-powered, but still. Um, yeah, so here we are five minutes into the episode. I am Don. I'm uh, your biblically accurate Ruben. Ooh, biblically accurate Ruben. I like that. So uh, I'm the- Josh. So you're the brother of Joseph? Uh, well, I'm one of the children of David, I think. is the. I, think well, I just know that a... Joseph in the amazing Technicolor raincoat. Uh, the amazing Technicolor dreamcoat, Don? Is that what you meant to say? What? <laughs> yes. How dare you slander <laughs> the dreamcoat? <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot. I'm talking to two theater kids. Anyways, one and a half. so. One and a half theater kids. <laughs> One and a half theater kids. I'm a retired theater kid. God. I was a pre-retired sort of forced labor theater kid. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you were you were uh, against your will. I was voluntold <laughs> on a number of projects. <laughs> That's pretty much how I started theater. Yeah, I got yeah. voluntold uh, my first three shows. I ended. I did all of my shows were voluntold except for the last one, which is uh, uh, Ethan. I'm sorry to call you out like this, but Ethan uh, convinced me to do a show called Xanadu. Uh, and for Z- anybody who knows oh, Xanadu, yeah. excuse me, I was Mel Pomene. And while the songs were so fun to sing, it turns out I really hate wearing dresses and togas <laughs> like like a lot like they are super uncomfortable which again might should have been a tip off on the autism thing but still uh and the other thing is is i don't like being in front of crowds like but like a lot like i hate it so i stopped <laughs> i don't know man when i when i because i was also in xanadu i uh i played danny i forget his last name now Mm. Anyways, uh, he also ends up being Zeus when they end up in Olympus. And I got to say that toga was the most comfortable. You should just start wearing them on a daily basis. I think so. I think it's time we bring togas back. Honestly, it's I'll start wearing my Wilfred costume all the time. You start wearing togas. (laughs) 
Ruben can just continue to wear sweats. black sweats and comfy t-shirts. You're goddamn right. <laughs> we'll all be living our best lives. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right, guys. So we're going to get into this because it's it's kind of a long one today. Uh, we are doing part two of the Satanic Panic, or as Josh puts it in the script, Satanic Panic, the Salem Witch Trials Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. Nice. I title all of my part twos Electric Boogaloo. I haven't noticed. If, if you go back and you look at the vampires one, that was part two Electric Boogaloo. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the only two party you've written besides this one. Yeah. I, and I'm starting a rich tr- tradition. Yeah. Well, okay, so last week we set the stage and met the cast. This week we finally get to open the curtain on the Salem witch trials themselves. Before we talk about each individual trial, we'll have to we'll have a quick overview of the trial process itself. I also did not get to talk about each individual trial because fuck oh fuck, there were a lot of trials. Well, yeah. That's we we stick to like they executed in batches. We're going to talk about the most interesting person from each batch of from each batch of executions. I'm sure those people are wherever now, just sitting there going, "Oh, so I'm not interesting enough." Fine, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you all and those, your little podcast. All those witches down in hell. Yeah, that, that are like, "Oh, fuck, my trial wasn't interesting enough yeah. for you. You picked Giles. <laughs> he was an <laughs> asshole." <laughs> so the colony created the court of Oyer and Terminer. Especially Oye and Terminate. Oye and Term. Oh my God. Oye and Terminate, especially for the witchcraft trials. Uh, now, the lo- you need to start. If, if it's something that's not sounds like the way it's spelled, just spell it the way it I, sounds. Fuck you, because I usually do in the script. <laughs> but literally, each of these end in an R. Oyer and Terminer. Not Oye and Terminate. It sounds like the guys from. I Dark wanted to Souls. correct you so I sounded smarter. Hmm. The law did not, it is. (laughs) So the law did not then use the principle of innocent until proven guilty. If you made it to trial, the law presumed guilt. If the colony imprisoned you, you had to pay for your stay. Courts relied on three kinds of evidence. Number one was confession. Number two, testimony of two eyewitnesses to acts of witchcraft. Or three, spectral evidence. When the afflicted, which would be when the afflicted girls were having their fits, they would interact with an unseen assailant, the apparition of the witch tormenting them. Now, according to Wendell Cracker, or is that Craker? Craker. Craker. It could be Cracker. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I. I only read the word. I never saw it uh, out loud. Or heard it out loud. Well, you know what? Since this is white people getting doing white people stuff, it's going to be Cracker. <laughs> okay, that's fair. No court ever convicted and accused of witchcraft on the basis of spectral evidence alone, but other forms of evidence were needed to corroborate the charge of witchcraft. Courts allowed causal relationship evidence, for example, to prove that the accused possessed or controlled an afflicted girl, prior conflicts, bad acts by the accused, possession of materials used in spells, greater than average strength, and witches' marks also counted as evidence of witchcraft. Yeah. The third nipple. The third nipple. Yay. <laughs> I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I re-listened to it last night, and I like actually was laughing out loud as I was listening to that part that we said. 
<laughs> felt weird to laugh at our own content. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, that, that one episode of Tansler, when he finally consummated his love by kissing her and all three of you lost your shit, I about spit my Pepsi out of my mouth. It's the end of the world. Just let it go. What the hell is our goddamn password? Fucking shit. What's our password? Don't even worry about it. It's fine. Okay. I'm hacking. Sorry, I hear strange noises. And Ruben's hacking the mainframe <laughs> as a ghost. It's it's this weird is, today. It is a chaotic energy today. I don't like it. I don't either. It's not fun chaotic. It's just... No, it's just chaotic. <laughs> this is chaotic evil. This is not chaotic neutral or chaotic no. good. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the witch's tit. I mean, third nipple. Um, yeah, so there's witch's march, which supposedly supposedly showed that a familiar had bitten or fed on the accused. Or the devil himself. Or the devil himself. Now, other evidence included the touching test, where the afflicted girls tortured by fits became calm after touching the accused. Which, mind you, all of these girls fucking acting. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Uh, uh, Marcus from last podcast called it the deadliest game of yes and that has ever taken place. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hold on just a minute, Ruben. There's like some weird banging going on in Josh's apartment. So he's got to go check and see what's going on here. Not. Okay. Okay, so God, I don't even know where we are now. Guys, you're just gonna have to forgive us this week. It is it is weird. There's kids next door, but so we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> the kids next door. Yeah. K and D K K D K whatever. It's K-N-D. we were talking yeah. about how if the p- people who were pretending to be afflicted by witches touched the pretend witch, oh, yeah. they would stop. Right. And it was the worst game of I can or yes and. Yes and yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So courts cannot base convictions based on confessions obtained through torture unless the accused reaffirmed the confession afterward. But if the accused recanted the confession, authorities usually tortured the accused further to obtain the confession again. And if you recited the Lord's Prayer, you were not a witch. Quick, Don, right off the top of your head, right now, recite the Lord's Prayer word for word. Our Father Our who Father, art in heaven, who hallowed in heaven, be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy kingdom will be come, done, thy will on, be done earth on earth as it is in heaven. So on Give us so this forth, day our daily you. bread, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Am I right? Uh, what were the last few lines again? Uh, after, but deliver us from evil. And forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Um, that or thine is forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know, yeah, there's nope, variations. Nope. nope, Don fucked up. You're a witch. You're executed. That's it. Okay. What was the last words? Uh, you skipped um, for thine is the kingdom. Nope, he didn't. The he did that. And the glory. I said he that. did do that the first time. I didn't say for thine, but I said nope. That's nope. You fucked up. You didn't say for thine. If I lived in the fifteenth fucking century, I would have said thine. I'm an American. We mm-hmm. say for th- 
for thou or whatever. What I've done here, Don, is I have illustrated exactly that you're how... a pretentious douchebag. Yeah. No, I've I'm playing a role, Don. Oh. I'm a retired theater kid. I've come out of retirement. I am playing <laughs> uh, a a Salemite for one last job. <laughs> no, literally. So it was it was that serious for them. Like if you if you fucked up one word. Literally one word, one mispronunciation, then you did not properly recite the prayer and you were a witch. Anyways, <laughs> people, the every, every criminal justice, every justice system, I hate it. All of them are bad and corrupt. Anyway, continue. That's all. <laughs> Just bad. So the Salem witch trials divided the community. Neighbor testified against neighbor, children against parents, husband against wife. Children died in prisons. Families were destroyed. Churches removed from their congregations some of the persons accused of witchcraft. After the court of Oye and Termine was dissolved, the Superior Court of Judic- Judicature took over the witchcraft cases. Yeah, I don't know cases. how to pronounce that one either. <laughs> they disallowed spectral evidence. Well, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, <laughs> the easiest stuff to fake. The things that no don't ectoplasm. take place in the invisible world. Right. And I uh, am... Anyways. So most accusations of witchcraft then resulted in acquittals. An essay by Increase Mather, a prominent minister, may have helped stop the witch trials craze in Salem. I love that name, Increase Mather. I know. It's it's a strong name, actually, it but it's also a very stupid name. Yes. And his, uh, he yeah, was both the, of those things are true, yes. Yes. He was <laughs> the dad of Cotton Mather? I think so. Yeah. Cotton yeah. Mather was a very prominent name Yeah, mm-hmm. in that time period. E- either the father or the son. son. I, I don't can't remember. remember. What about the Holy yeah. Ghost? No. <laughs> We're not doing spectral evidence. No. <laughs> true. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is just spectral <laughs> evidence of God. So as discussed last week, (laughs) Salem's famous series of witchcraft trials kicked off when Tichaba, a slave owned by the town minister Samuel Paris, was accused of being a witchcraft or was accused of using witchcraft to afflict two young girls in the Paris household with fits. Uh, Pastor, Pastor, she is uh, she is being a witchcraft. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I switched to Borat for a second. I'm sorry. So, in addition to the afflicted girls we mentioned last week, the ranks of the afflicted would grow to a total of nine girls, now between the ages of nine and 19. Mind you, of course, uh, that didn't happen until word had spread. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, you said if I start pretending to have fits, then I don't have to work and I can just go do the witchcraft trust. They probably had to work, too, still. But... (laughs) Um. Probably less when they started throwing a fit, you know? Yeah, maybe. So although the afflicted girls were the main main accusers during the trials, many historians believe that the girls' parents, particularly Thomas Putnam and Reverend Samuel Paris, were egging the girls on and encouraging them to accuse specific people in the community that they didn't like in an act of revenge. What? Yeah. No way. No, we don't do that. No. So after the events of last week's episode, accusations began to fly like crazy around Salem. 
In the month of April, no less than a dozen new accusations would be brought forward. By early May, Salem would see its first execution for witchcraft. It's all of this takes place like from start to finish. We we start with all the the fits start in February. The accusations start in earnest in like late March. First executions are in May. Final executions take place in September. So, so the whole story of the Salem witch trials, everything we're about months. to go through, yeah, is uh, in the less span of year. about seven months. Yeah, less than a year. Wow. <clears throat> so the first accused witch of Salem to be executed would be none other than the already twice tried and twice acquitted Bridget Bishop. Somebody had it out for that bitch. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Oh had my it out god. For her. They. Uh, Y'all remember um, fucking Carol or whatever her name was? Fucking Linda? Fucking Linda, yeah. Oh, Carol, yeah. If if or, we were you Salemites... Talking about Carol Baskins? Or no, I was talking, talking about, about fucking, fucking Linda. Linda. Okay. Fucking He's talking Linda. about fucking Linda from Tommy. Yeah. If, yeah, I get it. I can if, see it now. I can yeah, see it. Yeah. If we were <laughs> Salemites and we didn't, yeah. and we were, you know what I'm saying? It would be, yeah. she, she, you know? Yeah, she yeah she would have been hung by now. So I'm just saying, Bridget Bridget Bishop is giving off real big fucking Linda vibes. You see, and I'm sorry, guys, people listening, that is an inside joke between the three of us. We will never explain that story to you guys. But uh, and for those Bridget's... of you who know who the fuck we're talking about, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget's first accusation. I think the only other person who would know what we're talking about would be Ethan Blair like, and your sister. And literally like my mom. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Bridget's first accusation was brought forward after the death of her husband on the grounds that she had bewitched him to death in order to inherit his estate. She had received a house, land, and two pigs while the children received only 20 shillings each. This accusation, as we know, was thrown out. Now, this final accusation was basically just the result of being, being a previously accused witch who lived where a witch hunt was taking place. Now, the following is a transcript from her trial. Hawthorne. They say you bewitched your first husband to death. Bishop, if it please your worship, I know nothing of it. She shake her head and the afflicted were tortured. They the like again upon the motion of her head. That was the thing, like all of the afflicted, every time an accused witch would deny, all of them would like writhe in agony in the courthouse. Lame. Yeah. Sam. I just says Sam. Braybook affirmed that she took him today and she had been accounted a witch these ten years, but she was no witch. The devil cannot hurt her. To which Bishop responded, I am no witch. Hawthorne, why, if you have not wrote in this book, you tell me how far you have gone, how you not to do or have you not to do with familiar spirits? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> These readings are so old English, Yeah, and, but they're important. <laughs> <laughs> Bishop, I have no familiarity with the devil. Hawthorne, how is it then that your appearance doth hurt these? Bishop, I'm innocent. Hawthorne, why you seem to act witchcraft before us by the motion of your body, which seems to have influence upon the afflicted. Bishop, 
I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a witch. I know not what a witch is. I'm modernizing it. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, no, you modernize it all you want. <laughs> so, so, summarize in modern English. That's fine. But I'm still going to make Hawthorne talk like that. Okay. <laughs> Hawthorne, how do you know then that you are not a witch? Bishop, I don't know what you're talking about. Hawthorne, how can you know you are no witch and yet not know what a witch is? Bishop, listen, man. If I were a witch, <laughs> you would know it. Hawthorne, you may threaten, but you can do no more than you are permitted. Bishop, I'm not a witch. Now, that same yeah, day, they Bridget Bishop... Hold on, hold on, hold on, because that was confusing as fuck. Uh, <laughs> basically, what just happened was the the guy was like, so, they say you were a witch. And she's like, mm, I don't know about all that. I'm not a witch. And so she shakes her head and everybody freaks out. That's the, the afflicted all act like they're having seizures and shit. And he basically is like, so if you didn't write in the devil book, tell me how, how come... How come you've got all this wealth now? You don't have familiar spirits? And she's like, nah, I, no, I don't. I'm innocent. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're you're doing witchcraft right now. Every time you move, these people fucking cringe and shake. And she's like, bitch, I, I don't even know what you mean by witch. And he's like, well, then how do you know you're not one? Right. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, basically, they wanted to kill a woman. Yeah. Yep. Well, not just a woman, as we'll see. But to start with, they somebody had it out for Bridget Bishop, and she was going to get killed one way or another. A lot of people just kind of didn't... Uh, a lot of people had it out for Bridget Bishop. Uh, she was accused of stealing brass that uh, she said just kind of showed up like on her property one day. Hmm. Um, and uh, she had like one of her kids, I think, take it into town to find out what it was even though she probably should have known what brass was. But um, everyone in town was like, oh, you stole it and sent your kid into town to sell it. (laughs) What is this? Listen, all I got to say is fuck the police. (laughs) (laughs) And the judge can suck my dick. There you go. So that same day, Bridget Bishop was indicted and arraigned on five separate charges of witchcraft. Now, the amount of evidence against Bishop was overwhelming. Over the course of the next few months, over 10 witnesses gave long, detailed testimonies about how uh, Bridget Bishop bewitched them, their family, and or their animals. One such witness was John Louder, who testified that eight years before, when he was staying with Bridget Bishop's neighbor, John Gedney, Gedney would often quarrel with Bishop about letting her chickens wander into his apple orchard. Shortly after, Louder claimed Bishop's spirit would attack him at night in his bed, and when he complained to Bishop about it, she threatened him and sent black pigs and a talking deformed monkey to torment him, according to court records. Holy crap, what the fuck? These people were bored out of their goddamn minds. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big reason for a lot of this, is just straight up boredom. So Bridget Bishop was not like literally sitting around playing fucking D and D with each other and being like, "Wouldn't it be funny if we got Bridget in trouble for this?" <laughs> <laughs> so Bridget Bishop was not the first victim accused during the trials, but it is believed that officials chose to hear her case first because they felt, given her prior history and reputation, it would be an easy win. 
On Friday, June 10th, 1692, sometime between 8 a.m. and noon, Bridget Bishop was taken to the execution site at Proctor's Ledge in Salem and hanged. Oh, also, God, damn. quick correction real quick. Uh, last week, I think I said that uh, I couldn't find anything about um, Tituba having the confession beat out of her, that it was coerced, uh, like through like psychological torture no uh uh she totally got that confession beat out of her she confessed to a writer after everything else had cooled down because tituba did not end up being executed ironic or just strange to hear that yeah because honestly it is strange to hear that but it's good though yeah but given the time period i would think that she would have been the first you would but oh dude uh, i thought she would have been dead in 12 minutes after they (laughs) said she was a witch nope um she actually she ended up uh because uh paris wouldn't take her back after everything else was over and Mm. people who were imprisoned for witchcraft were required to like pay their prison stay basically so basically her being in jail made her for sale because she wasn't technically owned as a slave anymore and whoever would pay her prison fees which were rather high uh would become her new slave owner basically wow yeah so nine days later, June 19th, there would be five more executions by hanging, including the previously mentioned Sarah Good. Good was the wife of William Good, and at the time of the Salem witch hysteria was a poor, pregnant beggar who would often wander door to door in Salem Village asking for handouts while her husband worked as a day laborer. As a result, Good was a prime minister, or, sorry, was a prime target for the accusation of witchcraft in the small Puritan-run community where nonconformity was frowned upon. For years, she bef- was a she was a prime minister of witches. Yes, yeah. <laughs> for years before the hysteria even began, Good and her husband had a number of disagreements with other Salem residents that made them very unpopular in the village. Now, Sarah Good was accused in March. Yo. Huh? How fucked? Hey, Don, you got to remember, I am going to still interrupt you pretty much every other sentence. I know. And I'm, I'm so sorry about that. But um, but it's fucking wild. Like, the, the listen, if you live in a town where everyone is accusing everyone of being witches for even a month before an execution happens, the very, like, don't be a jackass to the people in the town who are bloodthirsty. Oh, it was too late. It was far (laughs) too late. They all had disputes. And particularly, it was anyone... A common thread through most of the people who were executed during the trials is that they specifically had issues with the Putnam family. Uh, The Putnam family owned about half of Salem. Is that why the Gallo Hill was, or whatever, was named after them? Uh, no, that's actually Proctor's Ledge. Oh, I thought it was um, Putnam. Nope. The Proctors Sorry. being, uh, my ancestors, um, Proctor's Ledge was kind of not really like on the outskirts of town, but it was sort of kind of like on the edge and most of Y'all the- Y'all know how like in a movie- 
you go out to the part of the town, which is like just outside the town, but it's kind of sort of still in town. Right. But that's where you kill people. It's the most convenient place to do it, really. (laughs) Yeah. Mm hmm. It's easier to clean. Yep. Well, that you can't bury someone accused and convicted of being a witch on consecrated ground, so they would also just bury them at the site of the execution. Because you can't consecrate uh, execution grounds. Oh, yeah. You I actually, that never occurred to me, but that makes sense. <clears throat> so Sarah Good was accused in March, but not tried until June of 1692. No actual evidence of the crime was ever presented during the trial, and one of the Holy young fuck. accusers, what? I just no evidence, oh. none, and she still got killed. Now uh, during the trial, okay, so no actual evidence, dear of the, oh my god, no actual evidence of the crime was ever presented during the trial, and one of the young accusers was even caught in a lie when she claimed the good spirit stabbed her with a knife, according to an article in the New England magazine. Quote. During this trial, one of the witnesses who sat in the room cried out that Good had stabbed her and had broken the knife blade in doing so. The point of the blade was taken from her clothes where she said she was stabbed. Thereupon, a young man arose in the court and stated that he broke that very knife the previous day and threw away the point. He produced the remaining part of the knife. It was then apparent that the girl had picked up the point which he threw which he threw away and put it in her in the bosom of her dress when she drew to corroborate her statement that someone had stabbed her remarkably the girl was only warned not to lie in the courtroom and the case continued basically they were like oh sweetie we know that she did that but don't exaggerate <laughs> holy crap wow <laughs> Yeah. Just, wow. <laughs> it's if if you've made it to the trial phase, you're done. So Good never confessed to being a witch, but according to court records, she did break down during her examination by Judge John Haythorn and accused Sarah Osborne of tormenting the girls, possibly to divert attention from herself. There's a transcript. Haythorn. Sarah Good, do you not see now what you have done? Why do you not tell us the truth? Why do you thus torment these poor children? To which Good replied, wasn't me. (laughs) Then she did the whole Shaggy song. Yes. Why do you come to call me a witch? Anyways, um, so so Haythorn asked, why do you employ it? Or why do you employ then? Good. I employ nobody. I scorn it. Haythorn. How come they thus tormented? Good. I don't know. You bring others here, and now you charge me with it. Haythorn, why, who Wow, she's calling out the judge in his fucking face. He's like, why don't yeah, you see yep. what you have done? And she's like, bitch, you're the one who's saying I did it. I never said I did it. And she, and he's like, <laughs> well, then how come these, who's tormenting, why do you torment these kids? She's like, fucking, I don't. You brought in so two other people before me, and you asked them about these same questions, and now you're asking me about it. Eat my dick. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but in, but so, in medieval times. Yeah. Sucketh thy penis. Yep. <laughs> Devoureth a whole bag of dicks. Yes. <laughs> Feasteth upon so my asshole. Asked, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Haythorn asked, who was it then? Good said, I do not know, but it was some you brought into the meeting house with you. Haythorn, 
Who brought you into the meeting house? Good. Uh, you brought in two more. Paythorn. Who was it then that tormented the children? Good. It was Osborne. Now, Good was ultimately convicted, but her execution was pushed back until the birth of her child. Good's infant died in prison shortly after its birth, and local officials brought Good to the execution site at Proctor's Ledge on July 19th, along with Rebecca Nurse, Susanna Martin, Elizabeth Howe, and Sarah Wiles. Hey, so it's the fucking, it's the Satanic Panic series. We fucking, we talked about it for so long and we want to do something extra special for it. So from now, the time you're hearing this until the end of January-ish, I don't know, maybe we'll be loose about it. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're, we're winging it out here like I'm winging this little advertisement for you. Zero plans. Zero plans. And uh, so right now, until the end of January-ish, any new patrons or upgraded patrons, patrons who are already at the max tier, don't worry, you're already included, you're getting this. Any new patrons or patrons who upgrade their pledge during this time frame are going to get a for free give us your address because we want your address and we will send you a satanic panic t-shirt it's the it's with the new logo with the pentagram on it the one that you're seeing on the the feed right now for the series um get that logo on a t-shirt we want to get those out to you guys as soon as we can we're going to get them special made specifically for you guys so new patrons upgrading patrons and current $20 patrons send us on Patreon your shirt size and where we can send the t-shirt, whether it's uh, your actual address, which we want or a PO box so that we don't have to know where you actually live. Give us that information and we will get you your t-shirt. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody, it's Don. Uh, just want to let you know we have a new affiliate with CW Spirits. It's an online uh, liquor store. And if you go and buy something from them, go and use our code TTOPOD at checkout, and you'll receive a 5% discount. Uh, we do ask that you drink responsibly. If you're trying to keep up with the two drink minimum episodes that we have, and you're out of liquor, uh, definitely go to CW Spirits. Again, use our code TTOPOD in the checkout, and you'll receive a 5% discount. Uh, thanks for listening, and enjoy the rest of the show. According to the article in New England Magazine, as Sarah Good stood on the platform with the other women, Reverend Nicholas Noyce, 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 called Good a witch and urged her to confess, to which Good replied, you are a liar, I am no more a witch than you are a wizard, and if you take away Harry. my life, God will give you blood to drink. 25 years later, in 1717, Reverend Noyce suffered an internal hemorrhage and died choking on his own blood. How oh fucking awesome is that? that? That's metal. That's metal. Like, <laughs> I am not a witch. Man, if you take my life. Yeah. I am <laughs> no, not a witch. On. And if you kill me, God will make you choke on your own blood. And then he did. Like, yep. yep. Either that or as a witch, she cursed him. Yeah, so she was a witch. She, she was the only I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> if you invoke the name of God in the medieval century and then the thing that you said would happen happens, but sev- but 25 years later, I 
I would believe in God wholeheartedly from that day forward. Right. Because, <laughs> like, you um, know what I'm saying? If witches have to invoke the name of the devil to get shit done or a demon, who do you think is invoking the name of God? Some kind of angel witch. of You know what I mean? Like a descendant of the seraphim or whatever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> like you descendant you, of the seraphim you done my fucked new up. name. I want to point out right about now that so we've seen a little bit of like how the accusations went on at the trials. These trials were so matter of fact that they were oftentimes not the main event of the town meeting. <laughs> they would be the beginning After of the, the town meeting. And then they would go on to discuss property affairs and the crops, and that's after the trial. So now that we've convicted this woman to massive death, uh, <laughs> John Proctor here has a request for easement on his ice cream fat shop. Yep. All those in favor? God damn. Wow. Yeah, pretty much. So one month later, on August 19th, the death toll would climb to 11 as another five convicted witches were executed at the same time, this time including the first man to, or the first men to be executed. Among those was the first man to ever be accused, Josh's 11th great-granduncle, John Proctor. Now, <laughs> no way. There is, oh my God. Okay, so John Proctor was born in Assington, England. <laughs> so, okay. So Proctor was born in Assington, England on October 9th, 1631. Good old Assington. <laughs> he emigrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony with his parents. Uh, are you an Assington man or a Tittington man? <laughs> I'm a personality teeing man, I guess. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> he, he emigrated to the Massachusetts Bay he immigrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony with his parents, John Proctor Sr. and Martha, ha Martha Harper Proctor, sometime between 1633 and 1635, and settled in Ipswich. John Proctor left Ipswich in 1666 at the age of 35 and moved to Salem, where he leased a large 700-acre farm. Godly. Yeah. So, in 1668, Proctor obtained a license to operate a tavern, which he named the Proctor Tavern. Come on, man. Yeah, well, you know. That's such a lame name. That's all about family names back then. Slaughtered Just lamb. back then? Sleeping Giant. Well, Proctor, you know. <laughs> Proctor Tavern. That's the tavern that's, like... In Salem Village, it was just called uh the uh, fuck. Oh, that is a crazy. That's name a for wild that's name more of a for a tavern. Bar, though. <laughs> uh, it was just named after the guy that owned it. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because like, what else are you God, gonna man, call man, it? Poor guy. There's the tavern, and I then a second fuck. tavern right, opens, like, and suddenly it's so and so's Ingersoll's. tavern. Ingersoll's. And, that's what it was called. And somebody else's tavern. You know what I'm saying? Like it's. I didn't have, we had one tavern and then John opened up his tavern. So now that's Jerry's tavern and that's John's tavern, you know, like, yeah. Fuck. Even John's tavern would be a better name than Proctor. Proctor. 
Because Proctor is already halfway to Proctologist, and I ain't drinking a no Proctologist. Yeah, ever. but I don't think Proctologists existed yet. They sure didn't. Yeah, true. I'll say that confidently <laughs> without Googling so this, it. <laughs> <laughs> so this new business, which was located on Ipswich Road, about a half a mile south of the Salem Village boundary, became very lucrative for Proctor and made him a wealthy man. Now, John Proctor testified against Giles Corey, uh, who was being tried for beating his farmhand, Jacob Goodall, to death in 1676. Proctor testified that he heard Corey admit to beating Goodall. Despite Proctor's testimony, Corey only received a fine, yet the beating death forever damaged Corey's reputation in Salem. When the witchcraft hysteria first began in Salem Village in the winter of 1692, Proctor became an outspoken opponent of the trials and stated that to many of the afflicted girls who had been accused many of the I'm sorry who had been accusing many of the villagers of witchcraft were frauds and liars when Proctor's own young servant Mary Warren began having fits and behaving strangely in March of 1692 Proctor beat the girl in an attempt to get her to behave now, John Proctor was officially indicted on April 11th, 1692 on three charges of witchcraft against Mary Walcott, uh, Mary, I'm sorry, Walcott, Mary Warren, and Mercy Lewis, and was examined in court that same day. Now, there is no record of this examination, but many of the afflicted girls, including Elizabeth Hubbard, Ann Putnam Jr., and Abigail Williams testified that Proctor's spirit tortured and afflicted them and the other girls during his examination in court that day and had continued to do so ever since. The guy that called them out for lying? No way. Yeah. (laughs) One of the court stenographers at the time, possibly Samuel Paris, wrote that during Abigail Williams' testimony, the afflicted girls continuously cried out that they saw Proctor's spirit in various places in the courtroom and even claimed they saw him sitting in the judge's lap. Yo, this is While wild. John and Elizabeth this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we all knew that, right? But like, like for <laughs> real though, put this in perspective of today. If you're not black, eh, and <laughs> it's it's wild. Like, there's there's you. I don't even know how to explain why it's so crazy. Like we're talking about young girls who are testifying against a dude who, who annoyed them. And the judge knows that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just that you got to court and a judge, you don't know and a jury, you don't (laughs) know. And it's your word against some teenage girl's words or whatever. It's literally the judge is your goddamn cousin. And he knows that you annoyed these girls for calling them out for lying. And your cousin is going to sit there and accuse you of being a witch and listen to these foolish young women literally pretend to see ghosts. And be afflicted by yeah. your quote unquote spirit, and then you die for that. At a place named after you, by the way. Yeah. He gets hanged <laughs> at Proctor's Ledge. Fucking wild. So, so while John and Elizabeth Proctor sat in jail in Boston, many of their friends came to their defense and signed a petition asking for them to be released. 
During his trial, the proctor's former servant, Mary Warren, who was later accused of witchcraft herself when the other afflicted girls turned on her, testified that Proctor's spirit beat her and forced her to touch the devil's book. Is that what the kids are calling it nowadays? Quote, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I just didn't he, say he it. He threw the book at her. Yeah. <laughs> so, quote, the desperate the deposition of Mary Warren, age 20 years old, testified, I have seen the apparition of John Proctor Sr. among the witches, and he hath often tortured me by pinching me and biting me and choking me and pressing me on my stomach till the blood came out of my mouth. And also I saw him torture Mrs. Pope and Mercy Lewis and John Indian upon the day of his examination, and he hath also tempted me to write in his book and to eat bread which he had brought to me, which I ref- refusing to do. Good God. Yeah, Old English. John, I love it. It could be Old English or it could just be that you just misspelled it. No. <laughs> no, because that the quoted sections like that, I yeah. did just copy-paste. Oh, okay. So they could have messed up. That's yeah, possible. But uh, uh, c- Citing my sources here uh, would be uh, historyofmassachusetts.org. There you go. That gave me wealths of information about this. John Proctor did most grievously torture me with variety of tortures, almost ready to kill me. Although there was plenty of spectral evidence against John Proctor, which were claims that a person's I spirit think, visited a victim and caused them harm. I think that his own words. And hey, hi, sorry. I think that part of the reason <laughs> that it sounds so weird is because your inflections are off a little bit from what they might have sounded yeah. like. So, like for example. John Proctor did most grievously to torture me with like a little. Yeah, it's like John Proctor did most grievously torture me with a variety of tortures, all most ready to kill me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, John Proctor did grievously torture me with yeah. a variety well. of tortures, almost ready to kill me. Although there was plenty of, quote, spectral evidence against John Proctor, which were claims that a person's spirit visited a victim and caused them harm, his own words and actions often came back to haunt him when various witnesses testified that Proctor threatened or admitted to beating several people involved in the witch trials. John Proctor was hanged at Proctor's Ledge on August 19th, along with George Burroughs, John Willard, George Jacobs Sr., and Martha Carrier. Eight days. It's got to fucking suck to be hanged at a place named after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he's just getting carted in there looking at the fucking sign. Like, I fucking own this place. You guys fucking <laughs> suck. You suck. <laughs> yeah, that's so what local he would be legends- thinking. Just, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, you local... You <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. You drink at my bar. (laughs) I hate you. So local legend suggests that Proctor's family secretly retrieved John Proctor's body from the execution site and buried it on a small 15-acre farm the Proctor's owned on Lowell Street in Peabody. And that finally brings us to what would have been the greatest part for Brandon had he been here. I literally, I wrote into the script, and that finally brings us, Brandon, to fucking Brandon. Why aren't you here? To the one major outlier in all of the executions, Giles Corey. 
Born in Northampton, England in 1621, Corey immigrated to the Massachusetts Bay Colony sometime after he married his first wife, Margaret. Corey first lived in Salem Town, but then moved to Salem Village in 1659 and became a farmer. His wife died shortly after, and he married a London immigrant, Mary Bright, on April 11, 1664. After Mary died in 1684, Corey married a widow named Martha Pannon in 1690. Corey was considered by many to be a violent man after he was charged with beating his farmhand, Jacob Goodall, to death with a stick in 1676. Holy shit. He first stood trial during which John Proctor testified that he heard Corey admit he had beaten Goodale, but in the end, Corey was only fined for his actions. Many locals, especially Thomas Putnam, suspected Corey had paid money to win his freedom. Every time you say Putnam, this death... I think, uh, my name is Thomas Putnam of Putnam and Putnam. <laughs> That's a local joke. That's a... Yes. That is a very local joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you know, you that know. That joke is just for the North Florida listeners. <laughs> anyway, continue. So, uh, the... This death forever tainted Corey's reputation in Salem and later came back to haunt him during the witchcraft trials. When the Salem witch trials began, Giles and Martha Corey were some of the first people to attend the pre-trial examinations at the Salem Village Meeting House. As the examinations went on, Martha began to doubt their validity and even tried to persuade Corey from attending further examinations by hiding his riding saddle. He couldn't walk? I mean, he could, but, like, why walk when you got a perfectly good horse right there? You paid good money for it. You got a saddle. Why not ride the fucking horse? So these actions made Martha Corey suspicious, and by mid-March, rumors began to swirl that Martha was a witch. The Corey's troubles truly began on Monday, March 21st, 1692, when Martha Corey was arrested on charges of witchcraft. Corey was so swept up in the mass hysteria that he reportedly believed the accusations against his wife and even testified against her on March 24th. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? Now that you say it. <laughs> even if, listen, if my wife was a witch, I would be like, no, I don't know. I don't even know. She's never done witchy shit to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to change his fucking tune. <laughs> So during his testimony about Martha, he spoke of the sudden illness of his ox and pet cat and described how his wife would stay up late at night and kneel by the fireplace as if in prayer, but he never heard her recite any prayers. Then on April 18, 1692, an arrest warrant was issued for Giles Corey after Ann Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Abigail Williams, Mary Walcott, and Elizabeth Hubbard accused him of practicing witchcraft against them. After Corey was arrested and brought in for the examination, it seemed he had changed his mind about the witch trials. I love that I love that people getting goosed is a is a witch. During Corey's examination at the Salem Village Meeting House on April 19th, Judge John Haythorne and Judge Jonathan Corwin repeatedly accused him of lying and even tied his hands to prevent him from practicing witchcraft in the courtroom. According to court records written by Reverend Samuel Paris, all of the afflicted were seized now with fits and troubled with pinches. Then the court ordered his hands to be tied. Yeah. 
Uh huh. <laughs> so, magistrate, what is it not enough to act witchcraft at all times, but must you do it now in the face of authority? Corey responded, I am a poor creature and cannot help it. Upon the motion of his head again, they had their heads and necks afflicted. Magistrate, why do you tell such wicked lies against witnesses that heard you speak after this manner this very morning? Fucking Corey, wild. I never saw anything but a black hog. And we're going to just. Yeah. Pause. You say, hold on. Okay. So after untying one of his hands, the afflicted girls began having fits. According to Paris's records, one of his hands was let go and several were afflicted. He held his hand, head on one side, and then the heads of several of the afflicted were held on one side. He drew in his cheeks, and the cheeks of some of the afflicted were sucked in. And at no point, no point, any of the judges might go, you know what? Maybe these kids are just mimicking him. They're literally just copying, like, monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yep. Thank God that went away, because all the times that kids would mimic me. When I was younger, uh huh, just uh, just to be annoying. At least now it's just annoying. It doesn't get you killed. Imagine that your little cousin is doing that, but in a courtroom where if they do that, it means you get to die. Like literally, that's what's happening. Yup. So the court brought up Corey's previous You're testimony probably hear against his wife shit right now because they're loud out there. Okay. Uh, testimony against his wife and tried to get him to provide more incriminating information, but this time Corey refused. Although Corey had initially believed in the witch trials and willingly participated, even against his own wife, it became apparent during his examination that he was no longer willing to do so. Yeah, in different fact, fucking Corey story was, now, huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know That'll what? That'll change your mind. You know what? Now that I think about it, Maybe she didn't do witchy stuff. You know, maybe she was just being a bitch. Now that I look at it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe yeah. she was doing normal shit. Yeah, that's true, too. And just... So, though... Wild. <laughs> so, in fact, Corey was bad. so resistant to participate in the witch trials, his own trial never moved forward and he was never convicted because he died while being tortured by Sheriff Corwin at September. Wow. The torture was the, yeah. So the torture was the result of his refusal to continue with his trial. Although Corey pled not guilty, when his case went to trial in September, he had taken advantage of a widely used legal tactic known as standing mute. When he was asked the customary question of whether he would accept a trial by a jury of his peers, English law at the time ordered any prisoner who stood mute to be tortured in an attempt to force a prisoner to talk, a tactic known as piene forte et dure, which translates to strong and harsh punishment. You know what's crazy? Is the that they knew back then that torture didn't work the way they thought it did. Like the way oh, people yeah. think in movies, like they knew back then that torture was a was like forced, like that people would say anything, and they still used it legally. You know what I mean? Like fucking wild. Yeah. 
So the exact torture procedure consisted of stripping the prisoner naked, lying him on the ground, and placing a board with heavy stones on top of him. The weight was slowly increased over the course of several days until the prisoner yielded. The idea to torture Corey may also have been inspired by a letter Thomas Putnam sent to Judge Samuel Sewell reminding him of the murder Corey was involved in years or before. Knowing he would probably die anyway, if not in jail, then on the gallows, many historians believe Corey refused to continue with his trial because he, because it was determined, he was determined to avoid a conviction before his death so his estate would pass down to his grown children instead of being claimed by local authorities. Oh. Did it work? Yeah, pretty genius, really. Yeah. Um, it's. I think I skipped over it, but uh, he had already made preparations before that, I believe, to make sure that uh, his estate would be passed on to his kids. So during his torture... On September 18th, Giles Corey was excommunicated from the church on equivocal grounds. The church documents argued that he was either guilty of witchcraft or of suicide due to his choice to endure lethal torture rather than enter a plea. Either way, wow, he was they didn't a sinner. Holy shit. Stop Holy again. shit. He's literally a martyr. Yeah. Yeah, he martyred himself straight up. Like and there, so, and the church doesn't recognize what a goddamn martyr is, <laughs> right? So either way, he was considered a sinner and was cast out of the church, just as his wife had been a week earlier on September eleventh, sixteen ninety-two. Giles Corey's excommunication was later rescinded in seventeen twelve, and Martha's was rescinded in seventeen o three. After being tortured for days, Corey finally died on September nineteenth, sixteen ninety-two. Due to the gruesome and very public nature of Corey's protest, it is said to have caused many Salem residents at the time to rethink the witch trials. It is said that during his time being pressed, when asked to enter a plea, Corey responded simply with more weight. Finally, three days later, on September 22nd, Salem would bring the death toll to a nice round number at 20, when they executed another eight people at once, this time including Giles Corey's wife, Martha. Wow. Daily chores, business matters, and other activities were neglected during the chaos of the witch trials, causing many problems in the colony for years to come. As the years went by, the colonists felt ashamed and remorseful for what had happened during the Salem witch trials. Too fucking late now, guys. Since the witch trials ended, the colony also began to suffer many misfortunes, such as droughts, crop failures, smallpox outbreaks, and Native American attacks. And mm. many began to wonder if God was punishing them for their mistake. Yeah, I was just sure. going to say, I oh, yeah. don't believe in God or his wrath, but it was the wrath of God, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> On December 17, 1697, Governor Stoughton issued a proclamation in hopes of making amends with God. The proclamation suggested that there should be, quote, observed a day of prayer with fasting throughout the province, so that all God's people may put away that which hath stirred God's holy jealousy against his land. Maybe, that he maybe would help us. Maybe you should, um, uh, I don't know, prosecute people who lied to the court system in order to get these people killed. Perhaps that, that would, would be a good start. Maybe resign as a judge. Nah. I don't know. Nah. 
so that all God's people may put away that which hath stirred God's holy jealousy against his land, that he would help us wherein we have done amiss to do so no more. And especially that whatever mistakes on either hand have fallen into, referring to the late tragedy raised among us by Satan and his instruments through the awful judgment of God, he would humble us therefore and pardon all the errors and people that desire to love his name. In English language, our bad. Yep. We fucked up. Uh, oops. Yeah, it's like, so the day of- oh dear God, please forgive us for having to kill these witches who were using Satan as a blah 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 like even even during that they could they had the celebrity response the uh, celebrity apology down way before yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they had the else. logan paul ass <laughs> apology <laughs> so the day of prayer and fasting was held on january 15th 1698 and was known as the day of official humiliation in 1706 Afflicted girl Ann Putnam Jr. also issued a public apology for her role in the Salem witch trials, particularly in the case against her neighbor, Rebecca Nurse. Her apology states, I desire to be humbled before God for that sad and humbling providence that befell my father's family in the year about 92. That I, being in my childhood, should, by such a providence of God, be made an instrument for the accusing of several persons of a grievous crime, whereby their lives were taken away from them, whom now I have just grounds and good reasons to believe they were innocent persons, and that it was a great delusion of Satan that deceived me in that sad time. The great delusion of Satan, Satan here being her father, Samuel oh, yeah. Paris. Hmm. But even oh, wait, still, was this Ann Putnam? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her, sorry. Her father, uh, whatever. Papa John Putnam. Putnam. John, John Putnam. Yeah. Papa Putnam. Papa Putnam. John Putnam of Putnam. And <laughs> but Putnam. even. Thomas. Yeah, but even still, she's not saying that she messed up. No. That, no. Or, they she's can't still saying. Blame. It's Satan. It's yeah. Satan. Like, it's the thing. Oh, no. Satan actually had a grip on us. The people who said we were the good guys. Oops. Yeah. Our bad. Whereby I justly fear that I have been instrumental with others through ignorantly and unwittingly, I'm sorry, though ignorantly and unwittingly, to bring upon myself in this land the guilt of innocent blood. Though what was said or done by me against any person I can truly and uprightly say before God and man, I did it not out of any anger, malice, or ill will to any person. I just did it for the hell of it. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. For I had no, no such thing was, against anyone. That part was a lie. She did for sure do it specifically. All of them did. All of them did it specifically out of hatred and jealousy of specific people, or right. for the wanting yeah. of their property. You know what I mean? Like it's. Well, it's, the children did it out of uh, basically being coached. Yeah. Or out of boredom. And the parents coached them out of malice and property disputes and hate yeah some of these children we're uh, talking about are like 2019 like they're grown in this time period you know what i'm saying like yeah that's fair it's it's yes they're children as far as like what we consider a kid but like 
in this time period, and, they are fully grown adults, some of them who also probably have babies at this time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and Putnam, I think, was 12 during well, the trials, though. Yeah, but still, a 12-year-old... The very oldest one, I believe, was 20, which is full-blown adult at that time frame, but most of them were um, closer to the age of 12. They were mostly actual children. And particularly as I was a chief instrument of accusing of good wife, nurse, and her two sisters, I desire to lie in the dust and to be humbled for it, and that I was a cause with others of so sad a calamity to them and their families for which cause I desire to lie in the dust and earnestly beg forgiveness of God and from all those unto whom I have given just cause of sorrow and offense whose relations were taken away or accused so in 1711 the colony passed a bill restoring some of the names of the convicted witches and paid a total of 600 pounds in restitution to their heirs since some families of the victims did not want their family member listed Not every victim was named. Since some of the law enforcement involved in the Salem witch trials were being sued by some of the surviving victims, the bill also stated, no sheriff, constable, jailer, or other officer shall be liable to any prosecution in the law for anything they then legally did in the execution of their respective offices. So basically basically they gave them a free ride. They're like, "Uh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh It's that, blue wall or the blue silence or whatever it's called yeah the refusal to punish any of the people who were actually systematically responsible right okay so nothing's changed no no 400 years later we're in the same place yep yep okay so in 1957 the state of massachusetts officially apologized for the salem witch trials and cleared the name of some of the remaining victims not listed in the 1711 law stating one Anne Pudator and certain other persons. Pudiator. (laughs) That sounds wrong. (laughs) And certain other persons yet did not list the other victims' names. In November of 1991, Salem officials announced plans for a Salem Witch Trials Memorial in Salem. At the announcement ceremony, playwright Arthur Miller made a speech and read from the last act of his 1953 play, The Crucible, which was inspired by the Salem Witch Trials. Which later also was a movie, and uh, John Proctor was played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Wow. <laughs> which is hilarious, because at the point of the trials, John Proctor was actually like a 60-year-old hatchet-faced man. <laughs> so in August of 1992, on the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Salem Witch Trials Memorial was unveiled and dedicated by Nobel Laureate Eli Weissel. In January of 2016, the site where the Salem Witch Trial hangings took place was officially identified as Proctor's Ledge, which is a small wooded area in between Proctor Street and Pope Street in Salem. In 2017, on the 325th anniversary of the Salem Witch Trials, the newly built Proctor's Ledge Memorial was unveiled at the base of the ledge on Pope Street. And that takes us out of the script. Sure does. Holy that was the longest script I have ever written. It was this story was so fucking dense. It was so much worse than I thought it would be. I don't. You asked for it. I sure as fuck did. I'm glad you did because there's no way I could be continuing these scripts, having to write 
two episodes each week. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know so, how uh, much of my anti-government tirade the people heard. So just in case, because <laughs> uh, I've been experiencing some uh, technical difficulties on this end. Uh, so many technical difficulties today. So many technical difficulties. But just in case, just so you all know, what I mostly said was, fuck the police. Uh, everybody in this judicial system was corrupt. And... Uh, they all got off scot clean, which means nothing has changed. And, you know, fuck them. Fuck the law. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> I'm just, it's, it makes so that me wraps mad 320-something years, 30-something years later. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Except we don't use spectral evidence. Most of the time. Usually. But... So that finishes up the Salem witch trials. Oh, that's what happened. I broke that. Okay. Ah. So next week, um, we will be discussing the wickedest man in the world, Alistair Crowley. Crowley? Crowley. It is actually pronounced Crowley. I found is that out. Is it really? Yep. Every huh. documentary I found, he was pronounced Crowley, not Crowley. I like Crowley better, and I'm going to keep wow, saying Crowley. Wow, that's wild, because I oh, I just watched a documentary about Aleister Crowley, and never once did they say Crowley. <laughs> 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 well, this docu- the documentary that I got a lot of my notes from, it was I was literally within the last five minutes of the documentary before I realized that the documentary I was watching was made by a... Uh, basically a fundamentalist Christian guy. Oh, yeah? And then when, yeah, it showed a picture of somebody with another, or showed a picture of Crowley with another person, and they listed him as a fellow sodomite. And I was like, oh, huh. you're a, you're one of those people. <laughs> oh, no, that's just but what they used anyways, to call him. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what? That's what they used to call people like Aleister Crowley back in the day. We'll get into it. I like... Oh, His I just story know is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. oh Alistair Crowley is going to be a fucking crazy, wild story. It's fucking... I'll be it all the more crazier because we're going to have another guest next week. Hopefully. Oh, wait. That's next week? Yeah. Oh, heard. Okay. Yeah. I'll get in touch with him. Yeah. Let him know. Hopefully, I can get it all in one week. Maybe. But... I think yeah. I think we could. We could do a pretty good episode some... on Aleister Crowley in, in an hour, hour and a half, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it would be a long one, but I think yeah. we could do it. Yeah. Just depends how much we have to stop for the laughter, because there's going to be a lot of fucking yeah, laughter. Yeah, he does some crazy uh-huh. shit, you guys. Holy but, shit. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> we Crowley, our shit when Will's around. Yeah. Well, just this the topic in general. I mean, it's up there. We would be laughing up there like we did with fucking Flat Earth. Flat Earth. Yeah. Crowley the, the was Highgate. doing sex magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like they accused the Salem witches of yeah. doing. Um, actually, no sex for real, ever mentioned during the Salem witch trials. Well, the pinching and the suckling. And... Yeah, but none of it was sexual at all. Because no. they did not talk about sex. The Puritans. Baby, let's talk about you Also, me. Uh, I've waited to mention this uh how young do you guys think the youngest woman accused of witchcraft in salem was 15 like eight or what they they killed a four-year-old they didn't kill her no no but she was accused would you like to know what her name was what 
Dorcas Whore. Oh, my God. I remember the name Dorcas Whore now that you say it. Uh-huh. I cannot believe you didn't put that in our script. The <laughs> uh, story wasn't that interesting. That doesn't care. As as fascinated as Ruben is with <laughs> names, and you didn't throw Dorcas Whore in there? D-O-R-C-A-S-H-O-A-R, Dorcas Whore. I'm just mad that I'm just mad that it's oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. We not much has changed. Yeah. Not much has changed. Anyway, yeah, let's let's wrap this up and stop this this nightmare of audio this nightmare of a remote recording session yeah. that is maybe the least enjoyable recording session we have ever had (laughs) truly great episode uh horrible (laughs) recording session excellent episode hopefully you enjoy this episode and enjoy what we suffered to bring you guys (laughs) your quality entertainment for the week we're gonna be like people are gonna be hearing shit from me like man fuck the (laughs) man i really hope that (laughs) (laughs) See, what Ruben doesn't know is that the CIA is listening in on his recordings and they keep stopping The, it. the CIA can just give him their recording of... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so ask the CIA for their recording of this episode so we can... Well, listen, if my if my, in, if my uh, NSA guy wants to get in touch with me, I'm glad to get <laughs> yeah, you, you know Richard. <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to wrap this up, yeah, so thank be, you for listening. Um, yeah, so... No, go ahead, Ruben. What do some people call him? Dick. Thanks. <laughs> they call him. <laughs> okay, Dick. sorry, Don. Go ahead. So we're gonna wrap this up and get out of this nightmare. So fuck cancer. <laughs> Be good to yourselves. You're more resilient than this recording program. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>